you want more time, money, freedom, and have a business that's not reliant on you, then you're in the right place. Each week, Mark Creedon, along with some of the very best business minds in the world, will take you through simple, practical steps you can take to create the business you always wanted. From his own practical experience, Mark will show you how to work less, make more, and get the business you always wanted, the one that you deserve. Now here's your host, one of Australia's most sought-after business coaches, Mark Creedon. Hi, welcome to the latest edition of the Mastermind for Business podcast. I'm Mark Creedon, your host. In today's episode, we're going to talk about some of the myths that we hear in business, and we're going to bust a couple of those myths. And if you are in your own small business or you're in a, a professional practice and you're thinking, what are the things about how do I get my group involved? You know, how do I reward people? And what about emotions in the workplace? We're going to work through those three things today. You are 100% in the right place to be hearing all about that. And as usual, in the studio, I've got Nick joining me. Good morning, Nick. Good morning. Great to have you here, mate. Let's get this underway. Nick, I think there's a couple of sort of myths in business that I'd like to tap into, mate, and that's around. First of all, let's talk about group think. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question. Question, question, yeah, question without notice, right? Because I haven't even <laughs> given you no warning. Guys, I've given him no warning of this. If you were to solve a problem or come up with ideas in a business, is it the case that getting a group of people to discuss it is always better than just one person? No, definitely not. Okay, interesting, because when when you generally ask that question, most people think, yeah, 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 it's it's better to get – because there's this big thing now about group think, right? Oh, we've got to get the group together. We've got a whole team to be involved in. I'm a huge fan, by the way, of consulting with your team, right? The, 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 the basic premise that two heads are better than one still holds pretty true for me. But here's a really interesting thing. There's, there's been some research that came out of the UK fairly recently around the concept of group thinking in the workplace. And what they found was quite fascinating. They found that, that when people engage in group think, a couple of things happen. Sometimes you get a broader idea, but sometimes you actually get a more narrow idea because, because people don't want to fall outside of, of the group. You get this kind of group mentality, right? Yep. And so what happens is individual ideas get stifled. We're going to talk about how to fix that, but individual ideas get stifled because people are worried about putting up something independent. And, and the example they used, Nick, was social media. So generally speaking, when you follow people on social media, at my age on Facebook, your age on Instagram, you tend to follow people that think like you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Now, I know, I know that you like to be a bit of a protagonist and you like to jump on those social media platforms and follow people that don't think like you <laughs> just so that you can, you can have a bit of fun stir with it. Stir the pot a bit. Yeah, stir the pot a bit. But it's an interesting thing. So what we do is we go looking for, for, similar, for similar people, right? We go, we go looking for ideas, thoughts on social media that are very similar to ours. And, and so what the research showed is that when we, if we, if we put together a group 
and and it's like a hand picked group. We're we're more likely to pick people who are, who are going to think like us. Yeah. 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 As opposed to somebody who will have a contrary view, which is restrictive, right? Yeah. Because then we're dealing with a room of of us. That's a room right. Of, a room of ten news, and that's probably uh, not what you're after. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And and we'll talk. Uh, look in a in a podcast I did two weeks ago, three weeks ago. With Dion Ha from Talent United, we spoke a lot about the big mistake that you see people making is they employ somebody just like them. Yeah. So it, when we're talking about this group thinking and this group consulting, uh, you know, we've got to be really careful about how we do it. Now, I want to be really clear that isn't then about going right. Well, I'm just going to I'm going to go back to this authoritarian process where I make all the decisions and everything comes through me. That's not how it works. But always, always simply saying here is. There's a couple of things that you can put in place to make sure that group that group thinking is really effective. I think I think it's the same in a in a coming from a, a creative background. It, it's it's very similar. You know, if you think about say a, a movie or or a project where it involves multiple people, actually to get the best out of some people, they need to have someone else involved that they sort of necessarily don't like or that have extreme. They're extremely different to them. Extremely yeah. differing opinions. One example of that is movie Superbad. So in Superbad, I think it's Jonah Hill. He plays sort of the main character. When there was auditioning process, the guy who plays McLovin, I think his name is Christopher Mintz Plus, and he was extremely funny. Everyone found him hilarious. Jonah Hill hated him. He was right. interrupting his lines. He, he just didn't like the way that he, he came off. Yep. Completely butted heads, right? Hated yep. him. Yep. And everyone loved that. The dynamic of that is actually what ended up creating the chemistry yeah. in the movie. Yeah. So it, it was... It was actually that even though Jonah Hill almost refused to do the movie with him, <laughs> actually ended up making it a much better movie. Yeah. So, so th- I think the thing is that if you're going to get your group involved and if it's not, like if it's the entire team, I mean, frankly, if it's the entire team and everybody's on the same page about absolutely everything and there's no disagreements, I'd be really looking at that team. Yep. But if you're running around and handpicking people, just be super careful that you're not handpicking people because – they're going to be they're going to be biased, or they're going to agree with everything you need. The last thing you need is a whole bunch of acolytes who who are yes people. That's a yes man. Yeah, a hundred percent. That just go yeah, well, you know, whatever you say. I mean, it's the last thing I want. So I'm looking for people with contrary view. Um, somebody with a contrary view will challenge me, and it'll and it will make me think. Hang on a second. Am I actually on the right path here? Are there things I could be doing better and differently? So I think the lesson out of that, mate, is that it's it's not about not thinking in groups or consulting in groups, but it's about making sure that you, where possible, have people with contrary views is number one. And I think number two is you have to give people the permission for absolute honesty, truthfulness in those sessions. I did a, Nick, you know, Mick Donaldson, my, my, my mate Mick, who's a SAS patrol commander, Guys, you, you'll get to hear from Mick in coming episodes of, of the Mastermind for Business podcast. But I did a session with Mick the other day, and, we, and we're talking about uh, something they use in special forces called a hot wash. So after a mission, they have a hot wash. And in that hot wash, it's, hey, how did it go? What did we do right? What did we do wrong? What could we improve on? And in the hot wash, there is no rank, right? Yeah. So it's open. And so, you know, if you're going to, if you're, go, if you're the leader in a business, whether you own the business, whether you're in a management role, leadership role, if you're going to have group consultation, then you've got to be really clear at the outset that, hey, guys, uh, there's no rank in here. 
It's open, honest conversation. If you've got a different view, you can put it, and people have to feel safe and comfortable to do that, that, that their job's not going to be on the line because they disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. If we can achieve that, then I think, I think group think works. The interesting thing is the concept of, you know, their two heads being better than one isn't always the case. No, 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 probably not. So, in fact, you nailed it right at the very beginning. That's one to Nick. Let's talk about emotions in the workplace. I, I, I remember, you know, working with a client a number of years ago and they decided to bring a, a punching bag into the office and, and, some, and some gloves. And, the, and what they said to the team was, look, if, you know, if you're feeling really frustrated, go, go punch the bag. Richard Wiseman talks about this. He talks about a research that was done many years ago where they got university students together and they asked them to write an essay. And the, the person who was marking the essay gave them the worst possible mark that they could, that they could get and, and made comments on the essay like, this is the worst essay I've ever read in my life and all this sort of stuff. And then what they did with those students is they gave them a punching bag and they put the picture of that, that assessor, that professor, what it might have been, on the punching bag. And they said to them, you know, you can get out, you can get out your frustrations. That was one group. The second group, they instead said to them, look, you know, you've got these horrible marks, but rather than going punching the punching bag, let's kind of unpack it, debrief, talk about what we could do better, why that was. And then they did some research about how people felt afterwards. And the really interesting thing was that the people who had the opportunity to get all of their anger out actually felt worse afterwards than the people that didn't get a chance to get it out. I can see that, yeah. Because whilst it might appear that you're getting your anger out, what you're actually doing is reinforcing it. It's like a feedback loop. Yeah. Festering on it almost. Yeah, well, it's like a feedback loop because you're going, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry, yep. I'm, you know, and, and I'm, I'm taking this, I'm getting angrier and angrier and angrier. You're letting it win almost. Yeah, you are. Yeah. That's exactly what you're doing. It's a great point. You're actually letting it win. And so it got me thinking like in, in business, in the workplace, you know, we, we talk about and we all get frustrated, you know, we all get pissed off from time to time and, and to be very careful about how you deal with that. So buying a punching bag and putting it into the corner may not be as good as buying, say, a basketball hoop, Yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, and I know you love going to the gym, but, you know, when you go to the gym, if you're feeling a bit frustrated, you know, going to the gym is the best thing. Yeah, 100%. You know, I went to the gym the other night. When I left the office, I went, oh, just, you know, super frustrated with a whole bunch of things. And on that basis, I didn't feel like going. Yeah. But when I went, as I left and, you know, got in the car to go home, I felt so much better. Now. The things that caused the frustrations hadn't gone away, by the way. Mm, they no. were still there. No. They just seem more manageable. They just seem more manageable. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. So I think that there's great lessons in, in that as well. I mean, there's two other things that I want to talk about in terms of myths within a business. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Here we go. Yeah, okay. I'm going to ask you this one. Do you think, do you think that your team will always perform better if you reward them more? I think it's a real fine line. I think it's a real fine line. I know that, you know, giving a pat on the back goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's 100% necessary. Yep. And especially I think with the younger generations, yep. not only do they need it more, but they expect it more. Mm-hmm. 
So there's almost a reliance on that sort of praise and, and pat on the back. Mm-hmm. Where I think it becomes that fine line is if I take myself back to, you know, playing footy, things like that, I think the most motivated or maybe the, the hardest I've ever gone was when I was being punished or, yeah. or you know, being reprimanded for, a, I guess, you know, a bad game or maybe we didn't listen at training or something so we had to run laps, you know. <laughs> And then someone would keep me other off. So then we'd have to run more laps. <laughs> then we'd all get cranky at that point. I remember um, those days. So, you know, I think it's I think it's one of those things where it is a fine line. I, I think your team certainly performs better, and a team certainly performs better with high morale. Yep. You, know, you look at a team that, you know, is flying and, and doing well, that's usually due to the morale and the the environment within the workplace. Yep. But I also think that you need to be able to have those moments where you can reprimand, where you can punish. I don't know, punish isn't probably the right yeah, word. Yeah, I think but like I can hang, draw and quarter people. Yeah, yeah. so but you need, you need to be able to have that respect as well, that they respect you enough that they actually want mm. to work harder for you. They want to try harder. And that's, I mean, it's a sign of a good boss. It's a sign of a good coach. Yep. Right? They all work the same. 100%. And, mate, I'm going to give you a little applause for that because I think you're bang on. Look at that. There we go. Hey, here's the thing. I think you're quite right. And the, the, the point that you made there without actually saying it was that there's a big difference between praise and reward. So positive reinforcement versus reward. Again, let, let's talk about reward. I think one of the mistakes that, that you can make in business with your team is to constantly look at how you're going to reward them, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it's, you know, more money or, you know, you know, a prize, an event, whatever it might be. I think those things are really important, by the way. But but they have to be used carefully yep. and and it's a danger if they're just consistently used or constantly used rather than consistently used. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I just, just quickly, I think if there's one thing that we can stop doing, all business owners and, and employers out there, if there's one thing that we can please stop doing, it's stop doing the Friday pizza parties. You know? <laughs> putting on, putting on, getting some dominoes for your team is not not giving them a pat on the back. Okay? Oh, gee, shares yeah. in dominoes just went down. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think that that, and it's really interesting because because when when and particularly Nick with the younger generation. So when when you were a kid, when you were a kid, yep. and there was food that you know that 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 I wanted you to eat. Mm. And, and, you know, if I said to you, well, if you eat that, you can have a reward, right? Eat that, eat your Brussels sprouts, you can get ice cream. Yeah. So what happens with that is we condition, we condition our kids that a reward is related to something unpleasant. Yep. Yeah. Right? I mean, to this day, I still dislike Brussels sprouts. So apologies to all the Brussels sprout lovers out there. Yeah, I mean, sometimes if they're, if they're you know, fried off and baked and, with a bit of bacon and stuff, but I mean, you know, but I, I hate Brussels sprouts. I also hate liver because as a kid, I was made to eat both of those things, but I was always rewarded with it, with, with ice cream or, or, or biscuit or whatever it might've been. So we've got to be really careful that, that, that we don't have this association between if you do this thing and you get a reward for it, that it doesn't fall into that, that preconditioning that we've got around the reason they're rewarding me is because it's like it's a shitty thing I've got to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it's a, it's a fine line, right? Because you also, 
you want you want someone to be able to strive for something or to reach yeah. a certain level to to get something that they want. Yep. So maybe it's more so about the individual. Yep. And where they're at and what they're after, and we need to be assessing it like that, rather than just putting on a big Domino's pizza party. Yep. We are you know giving praise or or reward to the individual based on what they're after. Yeah, 100%. So one of the things that we do in Mastermind is we help people set goals, right? And we have we have a game plan session every six weeks. And and what we do in those game plan sessions is we actually say, okay, here's your goal. What are you going to do if you achieve it? Yep. And what are you going to do if you fall short? So you're talking about punishment before. Mm. You know, if you achieve it, what's the reward you're going to you're going to do for yourself? And what's the what's the brick bat that you're going to get? What's the lump of coal you're going to get if you don't achieve it? And so going through that process with your team and sitting down with them and saying, hey, this is a great thing, you know, let's set out some targets for you and then let's work out what it is you want to do as a reward. That's very different, I think, from just constantly coming up with like Friday pizza parties and thinking that's a reward for people. Yeah, 100%. So rewards, we've got to be careful that we don't tap into that, preconditioning that. I'm only getting a reward because it's something shitty I've got to do. That's the first thing. The second thing I think is to draw the distinction between rewards and acknowledgement. So a pat on the back, acknowledgement for what they've done. Well, we know if, if you look at Daniel, Pink, Daniel Pink's work, we know that the thing that employees want the most are three things, right? There's autonomy, mastery, and purpose. They want to know they have a certain degree of autonomy over themselves and over their, over their, their existence and, and their role. They want mastery. They want to actually you know, get it right. And they need to have a sense of purpose that they belong to something that's bigger than them and and there's a sense of purpose for what they're doing, that it's not just, you know, trading, trading time for money. Yeah. So acknowledging, helping them to achieve that and acknowledging the good work that they do is really important. And that may have a reward attached to it. But I think the danger lies is if we is all we do is just constantly, well, right, if you get this, you're gonna get this. If you achieve this, you're gonna get this. And and you know, I would think that over time that would that would just take a natural kind of a numbing anyway. Yeah. But it's really interesting to see the research shows that, that in some ways it can sort of, you know, invoke this childhood conditioning that it's actually a crappy thing that would never be asked to do. Yeah, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. So rewards draw the distinction between a reward and an acknowledgement. Positive reinforcement, I think, is is massively important. And then the third thing is if you are going to reward, rather than just putting out your determination of a reward yep. how about getting the team member or the team if it's a if it's a team target getting them involved hey guys which is what we do with our mastermind members if you achieve this what are you going to do for yourself right what's the little reward i mean and you know the other thing i, I had a conversation with tim and felix the guys they've been guests on the from bow racking been guests on the podcast before the other day and we we're talking about rewards and and they they went with let's there's this one team member they've got his he's got one child let's give him his his son's birthday off every year yeah so nice every year on your son's birthday you can have the day off nice now that was worth more than saying i'm going to give you a hundred dollar pay rise or i'm going to give you 100 percent. i'm going to give you a pizza party on a friday afternoon 100 percent. yeah so three things remember the reward can't just be consistently thrown at them. Really, should be something that is different from a, an acknowledgement and and praise, and really should be something that is uh, that that is sort of des- either designed by the person or very specific to them. So, in, so in that case, they didn't go to that guy and go, 
I, you know, can you think of something? They actually came up with it, but it was so specific to him that it it, it made an enormous difference. Well, you're doing a couple of things there too, aren't you? You know, you, you're obviously you're getting them involved. So the fact that they understand what they're working towards, yeah. they can be motivated for it. They can, you know, create their own motivation within themselves for it, right? The other thing is too is that you're avoiding that disappointment. Yeah, you're avoiding that disappointment of you know, surprising them with a reward. Yep, and then being like, "Oh wow, I've worked this hard for that." Yeah. So I think you're getting them involved and, and being a part of the process is, is key to keeping everyone happy. Yeah, and I think the other thing too, Nick, is is, is you need to understand people's motivators, right? I, I remember years ago working in a sales team. It was when iPads first came out, and and I said to the I said to the the CEO at the time of this business we were consulting with, and I went, okay. For your sales team, let's set up uh, a target, and if they achieve the target this month, they get a brand new iPad. iPads were like, wow, yeah, you know. And and they said to me, the CEO said to me, "Ah, oh, that's not going to work because the the two top performers, they make that much money, they could go and buy you know twenty iPads." And 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 I said to them, "It's actually not the iPad. Yeah, the reward here isn't the iPad. It's the chase. It's the chase and the win. Yeah. Right? It's the catch and kill." That these were, were commission only sales guys. That's what they were focusing on. So it's. I think it's also about understanding then. You know what? What is the motivator? What is the motivator? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, one other thing that I think is is really important in that process as well is to stick to what you say. Yeah, because I think it's really important to keeping your employees happy, keeping your team on your side. Yeah is to make sure that we are, you know, I guess, following through with what we're promising, following through with what we're doing. I know that with my own personal experiences, you know, working in a sales team previously as well, yeah. if I've ever been promised something or, or you know, been yeah. told that there's, there's a you know, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow sort of thing, yeah. and you get to the end of the rainbow and the pot of gold's gone, it's, it's quite disappointing. So I think it's, it's really important to be consistent with what we're promising. It's astounding to me. It's astounding to me to even think that employers would make a make a promise like that mm. and not follow through on it but, but it happens all the time doesn't it yeah it does mate all it does and, and certainly i remember you know back in my youth you know i get a job and they say oh if you achieve this we'll give you I, I remember i remember when i first sort of was in in consulting and i had this client come to me and say look i can't afford your services but if you help me achieve this i'll give you you know you help me achieve x i'll give you y yeah well we achieved like 3x mm. And I got, you know, Y divided by a hundred, <laughs> and and I, and I just remember thinking, but but why? Like, why it's would not you? Fair, is it? Well, it's not fair, but why would you do that? I mean, yeah, you know, I'm, I walked away from that relationship as quickly as I possibly could. Yeah, and that, and that's what it teaches you. Yeah, and that that that's what it tells you. It it shows you the true character of the person. Yeah, and even if it is, you know, a really really bad situation, which as an employer sometimes you just can't control things. Yes, like things are out of your control. Yeah, agreed. So I think. Once again, there the important thing is communication. Yeah. If you've said something and you can't follow through with it, then you need to be real and be human with that person and realize yeah. that if you were just to say to them to brush it off, that they're not going to. Yeah. They're going to have some emotion attached to, to yeah. what's happened. Of course they are. So, yeah. so you've got to be real with them and you've yeah. got to explain it to them or just avoid it entirely. But, because at the, end, at the end of the day, we're humans, right? And, and, and we're right. full of emotion. Yeah. I so, so far today, we've spoken about the concept of if you want to start thinking about working with, with, with your team and, and group think to be really careful about how that's done, make sure you're getting some contrary views in there. 
if you're talking about how you help your team with emotion, you know, a basketball hoops or, or a walking group or something, or the opportunity to, to debrief, unpack, talk through things is far better than a punching bag. How to be very, very careful about how we use rewards and the difference between rewards and, and acknowledgement. And I think the big thing is, is to the, the final thing that I, I want to reinforce is just to make sure that when you, if you are coming up with rewards or you're coming up with you know, something that you, you're going to you know, dangle a carrot on, if you like, is to make sure that you've actually spent the time to get to understand what motivates your people first. Yeah. yeah I, I, if, when you're working with a team, literally a team of one, um, you have to know what motivates your people. Because otherwise you run the risk of putting something out there which, is, which you think is going to be a great motivator and it just doesn't do anything for them. And it reminds me, Nick, very much of the comment you always make about, you know, audience-directed com- content. Yep. Yeah. So, so self-directed. Yeah. So self-directed content is, oh, I've got a good idea. I'm going to put, you know, a $500 voucher on for somebody who achieves X. And the truth, and you go, to, you go to the person with that. And the truth is if you'd said to them, hey, you know what, you can have – you can have your son's birthday off every year. You can leave early on Friday. You can take Friday afternoons right. off or whatever it might be. I guarantee be. you, leaving early on Friday is yeah. much better than any $50 voucher that yeah. you can get from EWS or yeah. anything like 100%, that. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, so I, I think it's really important to make sure that that you get that right and understand what it is that, that motivates it. Mate, what a good chat. Awesome. Loved it. Thank Appreciate you. it. Guys, these are the sort of things that we teach our mastermind clients all the time. If you are in small business, if you're in a professional practice, metropolemastermind.com.au, metropolemastermind.com.au. We'd love to have a chat to you about how we can help you to introduce these sorts of concepts into your small business. In the meantime, if you like what you've heard and you know someone who would benefit from it, please share the link to the podcast. Let us know what you think, like it, subscribe it. The more you do that, the more we'll get to help other business owners to build a business which is no longer reliant on them. And go to our socials. If there's something that you'd love to hear more about, throw a comment into the socials, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube, and let us know what it is that you'd like to hear about. We'll do our very best to make it happen for you. I'm Mark Reed and look forward to chatting to you next time. Thanks for joining us on the Mastermind for Business podcast. If you're ready to have a business that you're not a slave to, check out metropolemastermind.com.au or have a chat with Mark and the team at all the W's, see what's possible.today.